0: As his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time, had along talking about, about your worries and your woes, walking in the sunshine, saying a little sunshine
1: song. Well, you can be walking in sunshine today. It is a sunny day, going to be that way most of the day, daytime high up to around 48. We're not there yet, but we are uh, moving up a little bit, 33 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. It's uh, 31 at the Highlands. I've got uh, 31 in my backyard in Elm Grove and my weather station. Bob, what do you have here? Are we still, uh, 29 was my last reading? We are up to 33. 33. Three, so temperature is moving on up. We were below freezing earlier. Now we're up above freezing. So that's good. And um I, Sunshine, you know, Bob, we were t- I was talking about Sunshine putting a smile on your face. My God, Rebecca Kiger is here. She just makes me smile. You are just a smiling person. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you. Are you a
1: happy person all the time?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I'm not, but it, I'll, con- um you know, if I've got a smile, it probably came from my mom who, has one of the most beautiful smiles you'll ever see
1: <laughs> we talked to rebecca um about a year ago or so she'd done some photography work up at uh, east palestine and it had been featured in the washington post and other places and we talked to her about that but actually we had talked to your family before that we talked to your daughter right. who had uh, some serious health issues yes um and and has worked through them she's now at a military academy?
2: She's now at the Naval Academy. Hard to believe after everything she went through, seven surgeries, um, learning to walk again, to, you know, um, crushing her uh, physical exam to get in. But um, yeah, she, she's there.
1: She, it was it was like a flesh-eating bacteria, was that the, yes. that's what it was, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And to anybody in the community listening once again, I wanna say how grateful we are for how you supported us. Um, in so many ways.
1: Uh, just um, and then uh, and now she's in, now she's in the Naval Academy and yeah. she's doing well. I mean I follow your Facebook page and yes. you you put up a lot of posts about her. Yeah,
2: it's not easy, <laughs> and especially the first year at the Naval Academy. Um, you know they divide that um, Academy into three stages: plebe summer, plebe year, and then the rest of it. So uh, yeah. But uh, only three months left, I believe, until she's finished with plebe year.
1: She couldn't communicate with you for a period of time, right? I mean, that is correct, yeah. yes.
2: Um, I guess that's just part of boot camp. Sure, I get that. But
1: mm-hmm. it's got to be tough on you, especially since since she had had health issues before and, yes. you know, all those problems. And then right. now she's off on her own at Naval yes. Academy.
2: Yeah, that was the hardest part, I think, because of everything we'd gone through. And I knew she was going to um, you know, endure a lot of um, physical trials during the summer, and they still do. Um, I just hope she made it through without a big injury. <laughs> but then she she did get a concussion her first semester. Ground I fighting, um, ground fighting. Yes, which is a training exercise all companies do. I mean, is
1: it literally fighting? It's
2: ground fighting. Just it's ground
1: fighting. Yes. It is what it sounds like. Okay, yes. all right, and
2: it was she ended up three upperclassmen against her and uh well that hardly seems fair yeah well i guess they're just preparing you for uh what might come you know but she was a good fighter they recruited her for the boxing team but she's moved on and is now uh rowing crew she signed d1 crew there and uh we're glad it doesn't uh involve head injuries yeah
1: that's for sure um I could be wrong. Did I see where the two of you are going to get together sometime soon? You're going to do something together? Yeah,
2: we, we often spend our spring break together. So um, I'm going on my first cruise, and um, I just wanted her to do something that involved not doing much at all. So a cruise seemed a good fit for that. Where are you going? We are going to Puerto Rico, St. Martin, St. Thomas, and the Dominican Republic. Cool. That'll be a good trip. That'll yep. be a good trip. Yep.
1: I, I love a cruise because I listen, you can culturally, you can get off and you can mm-hmm. learn a lot of things and meet different people and and, right. and experience the culture. But you know what? You don't have to. yeah. And sometimes you just I just like to just sit sit on the ship and read. and, yes. and that's all right. maybe hit the bar uh, <laughs> and and read.
2: Well, Olivia's father's from the Dominican Republic. So we're excited that there is a stop there um, and um, she gets the visit that part of her heritage
1: well i want to bring people up to speed on olivia because we actually talked to her on the show at right. one point uh, before yeah. too so folks may remember that i'm going to do a break when i come back we're going to talk about east palestine uh you it was a little bit of a i don't know what the word is, not an accident but in the beginning you just kind of were up there for a while but you kind of got sucked into mm-hmm. the, the the concerns and what's happening in east palestine
2: definitely definitely
1: we'll talk about that coming up next on the watchdog morning show it's 9 14 Get your home ready for big game get-togethers. Now, during Menard's Super Sale. Save big on party supplies, including folding tables and chairs, grills, slow cookers, party cups, plates, tableware, and trash bags. Plus super deals on food and beverages. Choose from assorted varieties of lots and lots of pizzas. Two for just $11. Assorted flavors of 16-ounce Snapple are just $4.99 for a six-pack. Score big savings. Now, during Menard's Super Sale.
2: Save big money at
0: Menard's. Judge Ron Wilson was born and raised his family here in West Virginia. He is the most experienced judge in our mountain state. During his years serving the citizens of Hancock, Brooke, and Ohio counties, Judge Wilson was selected to sit on the Supreme Court, was voted Judge of the Year, and was selected in 2023 for judicial excellence. Let's keep Judge Ron Wilson. I'm Judge Ron Wilson. And I respectfully
3: ask for your vote.
2: Paid for by the committee to keep Ron Wilson John.
0: Jusqu- Last year they took on the NFL and beat the spread. This season they plan on doing it again. If you want to cash in, tune in every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 for Good Old Boys on Sports with Baron Bob here on the Watchdog Radio Network and the All Sports Saturday morning. Good old boys is all. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book?
1: Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com.
0: Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Everything's the same back in my little town.
1: It's 916 Watchdog Morning Show, Monday morning edition. Today we're featuring the bumper music of Simon and Garfunkel, which uh, certainly was one of my favorite uh, groups way back when. Back in the days of my ute. And uh, and I still enjoy listening to them a lot now. Uh, so that's what we're working on. 33 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 31 at the Highlands. 36 in Elm Grove. Bob, what did you tell me? I'm sorry, I forgot already. Mm-hmm. We are up to 33. 33 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Going to be sunny and clear throughout the day today, up to around 48. Tomorrow, pretty much the same. Wednesday, a little bit warmer, but still sunny and clear. Might cloud up a bit on Thursday and Friday, and we'll have uh, some rain mixing in with that on Saturday and Sunday. But we'll be into... Jeez, could be as high as 59 or 60 come Saturday. So the weekend looks going to be a little rainy, but it's going to be pretty good. 917 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Rebecca Kiger is here with us. She is a local well, a teacher, among other things, mm-hmm. uh, a, a documentarian, a photographer. Uh, we talked with Rebecca about a year ago at the beginning of the East Palestine story, and she'd done some work up there, and, and pictures have been in Washington Post magazine. But you have spent a lot more time there since since that. Uh, and, in fact, uh, you've got a cover picture on Time Magazine this week. I'm looking at it right now. Scott, now, I know that this is what you do, mm-hmm. and you've been on the cover of Washington Post and so on. But th- this has to be – got to feel good about this, right?
2: It's a little bit of a shock, honestly. But um, I'm really glad that it did get that attention and also that they chose that particular family um, as the cover. I thought it was a really unusual choice.
1: Tell me about this family. And why that particular family do you think it's, is worth talking about?
2: Um, so this is um, Robin Seaman. She has six children, and she was extremely active in trying to find out whether things are safe or not for her family. And she didn't do that from a computer or social media. She went out to just about every meeting, um, whether it was EPA meetings or the National Trade, uh, Transportation, and Safety Board hearings, which came to East Palestine. Um, And what's unusual is that her children are there by her side. So while she's madly taking notes, um, they're doing that as well. She homeschools them, and they have woven... um, the derailment and what they're dealing with into their school lessons because she feels like um, information is power and, um, you know, she goes about it, like I said, not by digging deeply um, and trying to find those answers.
1: For those who don't, well, nobody doesn't remember, but just a, a quick recap, it was just about a year ago, I think it was the third, February mm-hmm, 3rd, February yep. 3rd, when a Norfolk Southern Rail track de, uh, Train derailed, about a mile-long train, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, and on some of the cars, there there were chemicals. Yes. Uh, eventually, they, they vented the chemicals into the air, and we all saw the pictures of that great big black plume that came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was great concern about what what were these chemicals doing to people? You know, was it going to waft downriver? How far did it go? All of that sort of stuff. Um, so that's that's that was the story. And since then, now the EPA has been putting out a variety of reports ever since then, saying essentially, at least now things are okay. We got things under control. Don't worry about it. I got to be honest. Bob and I talked about it a lot during the, or really even even early on, saying I don't think we believe them. I just it doesn't it doesn't seem right that uh, that that amount of toxic material can be vented out and go all around and some, and just within a matter of weeks everything's okay again.
2: It's a fair concern. Um, like you said, um, based on their data and their tests, um, they're finding that things are okay, but some residents are still experiencing symptoms. I would say 90% aren't, um, but there are still people who are suffering. Um, you know, only in the last, golly, um, couple of months were the creeks finally addressed. And uh, it's still not clear what's going to happen with the creeks. There's a creek that runs right through town, under houses. And um, as you know, growing up here, um, creeks are a big part of our lives. Yeah. Um, kids play in the I creek. I played in the creek exactly, all the time. Exactly, exactly. So, um,
1: Bob, you played in the creek probably more than I did. Lots and lots,
3: and that's why I'm going to ask Rebecca. <clears throat> Let's cut to the chase. Would yeah. you ever live there? Would you ever consider living there?
1: That's a great question. <laughs>
2: Well, um, I'd like to say um, I'm so fond of East Palestine and the people there. I care very deeply about them. I admire them for how they have moved forward considering uh, what they've experienced. None of them (laughs) expected they'd have um, this toxic derailment in their backyard. Um, You know, part of me thinks, golly, let's move to Columbiana County. Um, just, you know, the people are so welcoming. Uh, when you sit down to talk to them, it's a really, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not superficial. It's got that small town quality that um, and all the values of that that you can love. Yeah, but it's
1: got toxic of well, chemicals around.
2: Well, I wouldn't move in um, next to where the remediation is still continuing, you know. Um, I can tell you one positive that's come out of this is that East Palestine now has a new water treatment plant, Mm -hmm. um, which I think many towns in Ohio are going to need at some point, many towns across the country. And they're ahead of the game on that. Um, Now, in terms of how of those chemicals, the thing is, is so many people have well water there. Mm -hmm. So like their water treatment plant will address those who have city water, but
1: not but the well water,
2: exactly. And so that is something that will have to be monitored for years.
1: What, if anything, is being done to look into what kind of soil and ground contamination is there? Not just water, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm I'm no scientist. Mm-hmm.
2: Not I'm, a not dumb, e- not, I'm not either. Not a
1: dummy either, though. Right. Uh, it seems to me that you know uh, these this huge amount of chemicals that have been in the air and in the water would leach into the ground system at some point. I don't know what kind of testing they're doing and are they monitoring Mm -hmm. for that. I guess my point is, it seems to me, this could be a long-term problem.
2: Yeah, I think that's some, I don't know if people realize that, but, you know, the community is looking at, you know, there's the remediation is still happening. um, And like I said, you know, things will have to be tested for years to come. There was one gentleman, I just loved him and his family. Um, His name's Marty, he lives by Leslie Run, one of the creeks that's contaminated. Um, They've lived, I mean, they live on the creek they have, pl- they play in that Right creek. there on the yes. creek, yeah. And he has a pond that his grandfather built, a huge pond stocked with fish that they literally fish out of for food, and now they didn't this year. They're wondering, uh, is it going to be safe? Is it safe for my grandchildren? Um yeah, these are the things well, people I would, deal I, with.
1: I, listen again, I'm just I'm an outsider looking in. Right. I wouldn't fish that creek.
2: Oh no, you definitely wouldn't fish the creek. I mean, the question for him is that pond they've relied on for years. I wouldn't
1: fish a pond.
2: Right, and they didn't.
1: I don't think I grow a garden. I I, I would be I, afraid of I what mean, was in my vegetables. I may be, uh, you know, a little panicky or whatever the word you use is, right. a crisis monger. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I I I would, I wouldn't.
2: Yeah, this during the summer, I did spend time with different families, different people to see what they were doing, because it's a community where a lot of people have a garden, you know, and not just like the folks who live outside of town, like Mm -hmm. people in town have gardens Mm -hmm. in their yards. Um, Some chose to garden, some uh, moved to container gardens, and some decided this year wasn't the year to do it. So.
1: Yeah, I would. Uh, that would be my thought. It would not be the year to do it. Yeah. Yeah, um. You talked about people still having um, feeling the effects. I read a p- part of the article in Time magazine. You you had an incident yourself where yeah. you you felt the fumes or whatever had gotten to you.
2: Yeah, I mean early on, and I can't remember if we talked to the talked about this the first time I was here, but. Uh, Many of us um, got sick. Most of the journalists I know who came in got sick. The CDC got sick. I'm still not sure how I feel about them Mm -hmm. leaving um, since the rest of us, you know. Stayed. Stayed. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. Um, But, yeah, recently I had an incident which really took me by surprise. I, yeah. Um, and I was down near the creek, and all of a sudden, you know, it was like my chest was heavy. I was lightheaded, and the writer who'd come in from time, we were both having the same experience all at once. Um, and this was us. I mean, this, this uh, was December.
1: This was not a year ago. In the no, be- this was this December. Was, so
2: yeah, and it really helped me empathize with people who live in that area of town who may continue to have those experiences because for the residents who don't experience that they often feel like people are doing it for attention mm-hmm. or you know things like that so
1: well it's hard to, to generalize but mm-hmm. yeah i have the res how do the residents feel have the residents accepted where they are where they're at are they mm-hmm. angry or are they concerned? Or are they frustrated?
2: Yeah. Uh, or I, are
1: they saying, ah, it's okay. We're just going to go on with our lives.
2: Well, you know, that was one thing I didn't want to do in my reporting since I had the opportunity uh, to be there an entire year was generalize. Um, I wanted to talk to all kinds of people, listen to their experiences and they were diverse. Um, and you know, there are so many great leaders in that community. Um, people active in the community have done extraordinary things to help it move on to normalize it again um you know depending on your experience and uh what's going on in your life you approach it from different ways right
1: the Ohio Capital Journal did a uh, wrap-up story a year anniversary story uh, this quote, East Palestine Councilwoman Linda May insists the majority of residents are ready to move on.
2: Yeah, I know Linda May. Um, and, you know, she's an important figure in the community. And um, I, I, that's true. I mean, 90 percent, you know, have not, you know, have not gotten sick. So um they would like things to get back to normal. I think that's a normal human experience, right? Um, and so, golly, what I'd like to see is that that can happen and also the folks who are still have concerns that somehow both of those things can can happen, you know?
1: In the Time Magazine article, I, I, apparently a number of the residents have become activists. Yeah, uh, um, no, you don't like that word? Uh,
2: no, it's just like a number I wouldn't say a number of them, but there is a a solid group of people, a couple a couple solid groups that have definitely been active, yes.
1: And they're still asking questions and mm-hmm. there's they're getting a little bit, I guess, politically involved and, yes. and you know. So there is some concern still. Um Are you still going back?
2: I was there Saturday for oh. the anniversary, okay. yes, and then I'll be there when President Biden comes this month.
1: We don't have a date for that yet, or do we? We don't
2: have he a date. He said
1: sometime in February. Yes. Um, be interesting to how, see, how, see what, he, what he has to say and yes. see how the residents, uh, what kind of questions or concerns they might have for him, or does he talk to the residents? It'll be interesting to see how I, that plays out. I'm
2: also curious, yes.
1: If he was there, would you have a question for him? Not if he was there. He is there. If he would take questions, what would uh, what would you have to ask him?
2: I would be focused on making photographs. <laughs> yeah, you'd be taking pictures, not asking
1: questions. All right. Yeah. You did go in this Time Magazine article, though. You went a little beyond being just taking pictures. Yes. Um, I mean, there's some reporting from you and about you mm-hmm. uh, in the Time Magazine article. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of stepped a little bit, a little out of the just just the photographer yes. role. Yes.
2: Yes. I did my best to report, and I felt what I was most qualified to do was report on people's experiences, what I was seeing happen in the town. And then, you know, I ended up having the editorial support from Time Magazine who could um, send a writer in for—we were lucky to have him for four um, days—you know, kind of follow up on my— you know, the work I'd done, meet the people that I had met, and then have the resources that they have at the magazine to do more digging, call all the agencies, and and so forth, so.
1: Are you pleased with this story, the way it came out?
2: <laughs> all
1: right, there's a <laughs> chuckle here, Bob, that tells me the answer is not an unequivocal yes. I uh...
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a real struggle for me. I, I'll be honest, you know. Um, well, first... I loved the team of folks I got to work with at time. I love my photo editor and the director of photography. They're phenomenal people and were incredible to work with. And the writer is a brilliant writer, um, Maybe something you would find interesting is that he was one of the 15% of the time staff that was laid off
1: Interesting, um,
2: and was still having to pump out this work. He said, I've never, you know, I've never been laid off and worked so hard. Um, You know, I've gotten, a couple of residents have reached out to me, somebody who was in the story. We sat down on Saturday and had a long conversation. She had concerns. She was concerned that I made the pictures in black and white. Um, You know, her perception of what the high school classroom looked like concerned her. You know, I I teach in a high school and I thought, you know, I've been really impressed with the students there. Mm -hmm. Um, For one, you don't see them on their phones, (laughs) um, which is very unusual in this day and age. Um, But
1: this is off. what was the artistic decision to do black and white?
2: You know, I was thinking about that. Um, So I'm old and um, first. (laughs) You don't want
1: to say that in this room. (laughs) I'll say
2: this. I am old enough that my first photography class was black and white film photography. And, you know, my professor Um, was a black and white photographer and when I'd go into the library at Shepherd College and pull out books I was looking at works by photographers um, that was in black and white Mm -hmm. so it was a language I was familiar with early on part of the reason I like to photograph in black and white is because I feel like I can get to the heart of things more easily uh color is complicated in a way Mm -hmm. because color tells a story yes and it's an art form there are folks that are really good in that but i think what most interests me interests me in photography again is kind of getting to the heart of things and i feel like black and white lets me do that more easily
1: I need to. Take a break. Can you st- stick around a little bit longer? I will. Uh, it's 9:33, 27 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Rebecca Kiger is with us here in studio. She has uh, been spending a lot of time in East Palestine over the past year. Uh, she has featured uh, her photography work and some reporting work in Time Magazine. Their cover story. Uh, this year, uh, this week, a town derailed. I want to talk a bit more about that uh, coming up here on the Watchdog Morning Show. But first at 934, 26 to the hour, we head over to the news desk of WTRF-TV and Taylor Long is here.
4: Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your seven news headlines on this February the 5th. There was a shooting in a Pittsburgh neighborhood resulting in the death of one man and injuries to two others. Officials say the shooting took place around 6.30 p.m. on Saturday at the 1800 block of Broadhead Fording Road in Ferrywood. The location was a Salvation Army branch where a baby shower was underway. The deceased was identified as 19-year-old Antoine Dorsey of Pittsburgh. One was critically wounded and transported to the hospital, while the other left the scene independently before being hospitalized. In some traffic news, starting today, a section of West Virginia 180 in New Martinsville near the Van Camp Bridge will be limited to one lane from 7.30 a.m. to 5.00 p.m. For bridge maintenance, drivers are urged to slow down and expect delays in the area. Please note that the schedule may change due to bad weather or unexpected events. And in Ohio County, a section of I-70 both eastbound and westbound lanes in Wheeling will experience lane restrictions near the Middle Creek Bridges. This will occur from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. today and tomorrow for the installation of guardrails. Drivers are advised to reduce speed and anticipate delays. An alternate route available is U.S. 40. Staying in the Mountain State, Governor Jim Justice along with the WVDOH is seizing the opportunity presented by the recent warm spell to launch Operation R.I.P. Potholes. With the weather currently mild and forecasted to reach the 50s and 60s in the coming weeks, the WVDOH has coordinated with asphalt plants in Princeton and Morgantown to commence operations today. This move aims to capitalize on the momentum generated by the opening of a plant in Polka in the last week of January. And lastly, looking to Belmont County, a 7% increase in commercial crashes on I-470 over the last year has driven Ohio State Highway Patrol troopers to focus on enforcement and crash reduction on the interstate. Troopers from the St. Clairsville Post will be conducting what's known as a Problem Site Identification Program on I-470. That was a look at your headlines. Have a marvelous Monday. I'm Tither Long, working for you. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, Choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind, knowing that your business is protected and prepared.
3: When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands. With a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family. Or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands. Dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging.
1: Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The law office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom. With a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation. 304 232 5300. Great conversation
0: continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. It's Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. That ah, I do not know Silence like a cancer grow Hear my words that I might teach you Take my arms that I might reach you But my words like silent raindrops fell Echo
1: It's at 9:39 21 to the hour here. Watchdog morning show underway for a Monday. We are featuring the bumper music today of Simon and Garfunkel uh, in studio with me, Rebecca Kaiger. the audience has heard this story a thousand times before that song, Sounds of Silence, when I first started in radio, 1968, when I did my first show, talk show. For some bizarre reason, young Howie thought that sounds of silence would be a good top, good, good, good theme song. For a talk show, I, I I don't know to this day what in the world was going through my mind, but so that was the very first theme song I ever had uh, over the years. Uh, Rebecca is here to talk about uh, East Palestine, Ohio. Time Magazine features her pictures and her uh, her photography and her reporting on their cover story, a town derailed. Uh, before I do that, let's talk a little bit about yourself again. You you, you still are teaching mm-hmm. in Bel Air.
2: Yep, I'm an artist in residence at the high school through a grant from the Ohio Arts Council.
1: And you you do, you're not just reporting on East Palestine, you've been doing a number of other things too. You mm-hmm. work, you, you do a lot of, I guess, freelance type stuff, yeah? Yes,
2: yeah. Yeah, I just uh, did something for the New Yorker a couple of weeks ago. And um, I also do commercial work too. Um, I have so many great folks I work with, the Benedum Foundation in West Virginia and Kenan college in Ohio. So it's piecemeal as an independent photographer. Well, I was just going
1: to ask that and I don't want to delve too deep in this. I want to go back to East Palestine. But um, you have to be perpetually looking for the sources of income, right? I mean, you got to be looking for grants or, or fellowships or I don't know what all words you want to use or assignments, I guess. But it's not like You know, Bob and I, just every two weeks, we get a check. It doesn't work quite that way when you're an independent freelancer like yourself.
2: That is correct. Um, I was talking to another friend of mine who's in media and is a professor at WVU yesterday, and we said, you know, when you really get aligned with the things you care about and love, um, maybe you don't have to search as hard. I mean, even this project with East Palestine... Like I did not have to make efforts to, to make it happen. It, it came to me, you know, uh, I'm grateful for that.
3: I'm going to go out on a limb, Rebecca. I'm going to say when you start showing people your, your work that was on time magazine, that'll help open up a couple doors. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't really thought about that. Honestly, i just think about the people there in the community there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm being sincere when I say that, that, Because you've seen him up close
3: and personal. Howard and I haven't never talked to him. You have.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I I do hope like, you know, that work then um, brings attention to, you know, some of the issues that came out of this whole disaster.
1: Well, let me ask you this. Um, And in whatever arena you choose to to, to answer this, what are the unanswered questions or the ongoing concerns that you have about East Palestine, about their residents? about the, 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 whatever aspect of it you think is important that we need to be thinking about?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think one thing that I learned through doing this work is that, you know, the 70 fire departments that showed up to deal with that fire, um, you know, first of all, they didn't know what they were dealing with. Mm-hmm. So that's problematic. Nobody was wearing hazmat gear. And I met one man who is still suffering consequences of that. I also spoke with the fire chief and had an opportunity to, um, you know, photograph um, the volunteer firemen. Our country's made up of volunteer fire departments, and you know these are the folks who are making that sacrifice first of all, um, and then went in that night. And uh, you know, made the sacrifice. They saved that town from catching on fire. From disaster. Yes, from disaster. And the question that arose in my mind early on, and that I feel don't, still feel hasn't been addressed, is why weren't blood and urine samples taken from the people who did that and stored, so that once they needed, once they figured out what they needed to look for they could examine that. It's
1: just speculation, so I'm asking speculate. to speculate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Was there, were there intentional efforts to not make this a big deal, or was it just blundering?
2: I don't know. I, you know, I, I think that is the big commonality, is so many people feel like they live in this I-don't-know world. Will we have cancer in 10 years? I don't know. Um, yeah, I think there, you know, this, this, this is like the largest chemical disaster, I believe, that's happened in Mm -hmm. Ohio. Yes, I'm sure in Ohio. And, um, you know, how, I guess I'd like to believe people did their best. And, um, but, you know, there were a lot of lessons that need to be learned from it so that things can improve. So, like I said, one of the things on my mind is when things like this happen, why isn't there um, a response, a state response or a federal response that can get in there right away to um, look at what the first responders have been through?
1: It boggles my mind that there is not.
2: It boggles my mind, I mean, I can't
1: comprehend – you know, uh, I would – you know what happens when you assume – yeah. I would assume when a train derails and it's got toxic chemicals in it, there's some kind of a 911, you know, you call the team and they, I don't know, I guess I watch too much television or something, mm-hmm. that they come in with their helicopters and their hazmat suits and their equipment to test. And that really didn't happen.
2: No, I think the fire may be burned. I can't, I can't remember. I apologize for how many hours before the firefighters were finally told to leave the scene. Um, but the, like I mentioned before the national transportation and safety board hearings, mm-hmm. like they brought that from DC to the East Palestine high school gym and did those hearings there. And, uh, the findings from those hearings are coming out soon. So I think a lot of the questions you have may
1: get answered now. Yes. Yeah. Um, what is, what's, what's next for you?
2: Mm hmm. So, what's next now is to take as much of the work as I can back to that community. You know, magazines have space for about 12, 13 photographs. Mm -hmm. The fact that there were 12 pages um, dedicated to that work is is
1: a pretty extensive piece in time. Absolutely. And
2: 40 pictures online, it's honestly unheard of. So, I'm very grateful that it was given as much space as that. However, I spent so much time in that community and probably a lot of people wonder, you know, where are the photographs that you took of me? Where are the photographs of the high school graduation? Where are the photographs of, you know, a number of things that I attended? And so through the Center for Contemporary Documentation, we are going to make these photographs available. They're going to be at the library. We're going to donate that to the library and let people resco- record their own experiences, both with the photographs. Oh, that's cool. And with this past year. That's
1: cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's and neat.
2: And that work from the Center for Contemporary Documentation is looking to have a home at the Library of Congress just like the work of the photographers from the mid 30s to the mid 40s um, did, the, they're called the FSA photographers. Um, all that work is now at the Library of Congress. So,
1: do you are you going to do more with this? I mean, uh, is there a documentary itself in the works, or I? I what do you do? I, I get, and I I think it's great. You're going to do the I'll call it an art show or a gallery show in in East Palestine, but is there going to be other, are you going to take this information in other forms to the public? Yeah, Are you considering it at least?
2: Yeah. I talked to the photo editor about that in the last couple of days, um, how we can do that. So we might do some little vignettes, um, you know, to kind of branch off and share more of what wasn't able to be shared, um, you know, because of space and how you have to kind of narrowly focus at some point on a story So and, you know, I'm going back this Friday to have pizza with somebody and I've got a (laughs) dinner date with another family at the end of February. Um, So I plan to continue to go back to East Palestine in terms of my role as a photographer. I'm not sure yet.
1: (laughs) I have to take a break, and then i got to move on. But I really appreciate you coming in this morning. I appreciate the work you do. Um, uh, I've always enjoyed talking to you. And um, we need to keep in touch more as you move along. Thank you so much. Got other projects worth talking about? We should do that, too. Thank uh, you so much. Let me know what's going on. This is a really good piece. Again, I was surprised at how much attention Time magazine did give uh, to this story, Um, the amount of pictures, the amount of of reporting that's here in, in the print copy, which, I have a copy. You gave me a copy of here. Uh, it's online, and people can find. It's slightly different. The story is a little bit different online than what it is in the magazine. It is. But if you want to um, read more, you can go to um, time. dot com right. and look up the East Palestine story. And there's plenty of things there. So that's that's really good. Hey, I have to take a break. I thank you for coming in this morning. Thank you. Keep in touch. I'm sure, we will. And yes. um, thank you for dropping by. Appreciate it. Rebecca Kiger has been with us here this morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is ten till the hour. I'm Deepakuda. I am from originally India. I am Director of the Structural Heart Program, as well as cath Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital, WU Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the upper the highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martin's Ferry, and then we also have clinic at St. well. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them.
3: My name is Mike Campsey. I am an interventional cardiologist and the chief of cardiology at Wheeling Hospital. I think the value of HVI in this region is tremendous. We offer such a wide spectrum of services from prevention to intervention. We're going to get the patient in as quickly as possible. That's the most tremendous benefit to the patients in this region is we we're here 24 seven. We're available to see somebody.
0: Most of us are faced with uncertainty every day. Your job, your finances, sporting events, schooling for your children, and so much more. With so much uncertainty surrounding you, there is one auto dealership that you can be certain about and that's Don't Ford. You can be certain that you always get a great deal and the best service afterwards. Being in business for over 50 years has given Doan Ford the reputation of being a strong, reliable dealership. Be certain. Choose Doan Ford. Online at DoanFord.com.
2: We'd like to help.
0: He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. When you're weary,
3: feeling small, when
0: tears are
1: of Simon and Garfunkel for Bumper Music this morning. Uh, th- th- again, another one of my absolute favorite songs of all time, Bridge Over Troubled Waters. Bob, you probably hard to believe. I actually learned to play that on the piano when I was a kid. Um, one of the few songs I could play when I was playing the, on Next the piano. Next time
3: we're by a piano, I'm oh, going to say, no. sit down, Howard, I want to <laughs> hear a little bit. It was
1: a long time ago, but still, uh, that was. I, I love the song so much, I learned how to play it. Uh, boy, I really want to thank Rebecca Kiger for coming in. She is just a tremendous woman. Um, it's interesting how... Things intersect though, Bob. We had interviewed her daughter before I knew what she was doing with East Palestine. I had her daughter on because she had been had the flesh eating bacteria. It became a big story. Got her on the show. We talked about that. Now her daughter is at the Naval Academy and doing quite well. That's a great recovery story, if you will.
3: Absolutely. And I was going to mention this to Rebecca, but I didn't because I didn't want to come across that I'm not a gentleman, Howard. I'd hold on to all those pictures. I'd have my own book. I wouldn't give them away. And <laughs> because wouldn't you think that, uh, I don't know, maybe not next year, or there will be some time that people would want to reflect and, and look at all the pictures.
1: Oh, I think there's no question about that, absolutely. Well, there will be repositories for them. I think she's, you know, Library of Congress and other places. I mean, that's good. But, again, I really encourage you, if you have an interest, Time magazine. If you see the the, the actual Time magazine, it's a great story. She's got the cover picture on here. And the whole story, the cover is A Town Derailed, speaking about East Palestine. But if you don't pick it up, go online, time.com, and look up the East Palestine story. It's a different it's a slightly different version, I noticed than this print version. But still, it's a really in-depth, uh, in-depth story.
3: Uh, I would think that athletes Howard would dream about playing in a World Series or a Super Bowl, and photographers dream about getting their shot on time on, on on a cover
1: like that. But you know, she her, the, the the reason we first got her on here uh, a year or so ago was because her pictures were were, were featured in Washington Post. She was yeah. on the front page of The Washington Post. She's no rookie. no. she's she, she's she's. And she is just such a sweetheart. Just she such really is a delightful young I, someone lady.
3: you could talk to all day long. Just uh,
1: just, uh, just have a conversation with uh, her. absolutely. And I think that probably is what made her reporting in East Palestine so good, because she simply got down with the people, and they could relate to her and talk to her and share stories with well, we her.
3: We hear about thirty seconds, and we could feel that Howard. We could feel how close she got to the residents. Yeah, out there.
1: yeah, exactly. Again, a lot of a lot of passion and compassion that she brought. So. Um, Again, check that out online at uh, time.com if you don't buy a copy of the article. Uh, Tomorrow on the show, uh, of course, it's a Tuesday. uh, Tom Scattery will be in all of our national and international news we'll be having. Also, uh, Bill Johnson, former congressman from Eastern Ohio, is now officially the president of Youngstown State University. Uh, He's got about a week and a half, maybe I guess two weeks to this point, under his belt as the president of Youngstown State. He had some you know, protests and so on, but it sounds like he's making the biggest effort he can to try and smooth things over. I don't know if it can be smoothed over. I was thinking you were you were thinking that way, Howard. But tomorrow, uh, we're going to talk with uh, Megan Henry. She's been with us many times before. She's with the Ohio Capital Journal. She's been following the story of Bill Johnson at Youngstown State, and uh, she's wrote a, just a piece about his first week or so on the job. She's going to join us tomorrow to talk about how things have gone for Bill Johnson there. I'll tell you what—it's gone. It's gone from 175,000 to four to ten thousand dollars a year. That's a pretty big. That's nice. That's uh, that's that's a pretty big jump. Do you think he can? Do you think that can he? Does he weather the storm? Well, it, it, it all comes
3: down to how how serious they are. I think they've got off to a, a pretty good start, letting him know that they don't want him there. That they might even actually hate his guts. If it can, if it keeps up, I would say yes. I would say he'd say no. I don't need this. But that's a lot of money to walk away from.
1: And I think the, the Board of Trustees has committed themselves to him. I just think he's uh, there. Uh, let's see. Free stack, auction service, tax line. Howard, did you stop drinking the P, uh, Perrier bottled water? I, you know, it's interesting. I did drink Perrier water for a long time. And then I, the, the store we were buying it from, I forget where we get it, was out of Perrier. And I switched to S. Pellegrino. And I like the Pellegrino better. A little slobbish with your water there, Howard. Yeah, I have the Perrier water or else the Pellegrino. It's just, uh, sometimes I have the Perrier and sometimes I have the Pellegrino water. Uh, but, so I know I've not stopped drinking Perrier, but I generally now drink the S. Pellegrino, just in case you're curious. Um, is that Bob? Bob Westfall is here from the Big 7, WTRF-TV. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. How are you? How was your weekend? My weekend was great. I got to visit for the first time with my uh, four-week-old great-grandson, so I'm really, really excited about that. Wow. Congratulations. That's cool. It is cool. It is cool. Makes me feel old, but it's cool.
3: (laughs) Well, you're only as old as you you think you are. I guess that's 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 one one way
1: to look at it. Um, We're running short on time. Let's see what you're working on today. All right, a couple things we're working on is Teen Dating Violence. It's Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. We're going to talk to people at the um, Sexual Assault Helpline
3: uh, on what uh, people need to know. Uh, what do you do if you find yourself in that kind of situation? So we've got that. also going to talk to AAA about fatal, uh, a lot of uh, accidents we've seen lately. Uh, roadside workers, people not paying attention, so we're going to work on something on that. Um, and, of course, uh, we are watching the weather, and we're prepping
1: for the Super Bowl. So uh, since it is on... Uh, CBS this year. So we've got some things cooking on that as well. A lot of good stuff. That's All right, real quick one. Very good. People can check things out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5, 30, the region-wide show, always at WTRF.com, the award-winning website, or keep Channel 7 in your pocket with the Storm Tracker 7 app and the News app on your smartphone or tablet, and uh, make sure you've got it set for push notifications. You'll know the news shortly after it happens. Bob, good talking today. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks a lot. Alright, bye guys. Bob, didn't we do... Uh, Teen sexual assault week in New York City a couple of times didn't we we went up there with um, what's the name of that uh, Claire Claire something or that's another that's her yeah, yeah I the, remember but I remember the, the Yeah, there was, we, we did a, a couple of broadcasts from up there on that very same subject well that's it I gotta say sign see you bye bye farewell I gotta go I gotta get out of here thought we had a good show today um, we'll come back again tomorrow we'll try, try again tomorrow we'll try again tomorrow morning 7 o'clock we'll see you here
0: 1600